Grammar is to a writer what anatomy is to a sculptor, or the scales to a musician. You may loathe it, it may bore you, but nothing will replace it, and once mastered, it will support you like a rock. B.J. Shute. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Before we get into today's episode, we want to do one more quick shout out. If you have a question about writing, the publishing process, anything that we've talked about or haven't talked about, send us an email or a message on Facebook or Instagram with your questions. December is our month to go over those frequently asked questions, so we will be recording those soon. The Saturday after this episode airs will be the last day we're accepting frequently asked questions. That doesn't mean that you can never ask us a question again. That means that it might not make it into our series for December, but we will still do our best to answer your question and make sure you have a clear understanding of how to move forward in your story. Now that that is over and done with, let's get to today's episode. We are continuing our English 101 series by talking about phrasing today. We've covered parts of speech, both the simple and the complex. We've also covered the most often abused punctuation mark, the comma. We're getting a little bit bigger and talking about phrases and different kinds of phrases and how to use them and incomplete sentences with power. So what exactly is a phrase? A phrase is a collection of words to convey a concept in the way that you have an expression in math versus an equation, you have a phrase in writing versus a sentence. So let's get into specifically what phrases are, these fragments of a sentence. A sentence fragment is a sentence that's missing either its subject or its main verb. So if I say, going to the store, That is an incomplete sentence. That is a sentence fragment because the word I or you or whatever my subject is, is missing from that sentence. I will say you won't always fix this, but say your editor points it out and says this needs to change. Here's how you fix it. Simply add the missing part. Instead of going to the store, it's I'm going to the store. You're adding the subject back to the sentence. If you really don't like that, another option is to combine it with a nearby sentence. So going to the store, comma, I think I'm going to get chocolate chips. Or simply just rewrite the whole thing. And that's fine too. So there are a handful of different ways that phrases behave within a complete sentence. The first one we want to talk about is an introductory phrase. These are the phrases that are often if-then statements. They're used to set the scene or used to avoid sentences starting with pronouns. So when I go to the store, I'm also going to pick up butter. That when I go to the store is going to be your introductory phrase in the sentence. These are very useful to avoid starting sentences with pronouns because that's a dangerous habit. If you start every single sentence with the name of the person, he, she, they, it's going to be very boring. 
bit of advice. Don't use it as a crutch. I did that for a while and I had to go back and change things. But if you're stuck on how to get out of that pronoun loop, introductory phrases might help. The next type of phrase are your prepositional phrases. Those are a tiny bit of description, which starts more often than not with that preposition, that adds to the larger picture. So he took her purse by force. By force is your prepositional phrase. You can also do something like never tell lies at home. So that says, yeah, if you tell lies everywhere else, sure, but never do it at home. This can also sometimes be your introductory clause, which would be something like, by the way, how was your Halloween? These set the tone for the larger picture without being necessary for conveying just that information. The next type of phrase would be your interjection. These are the ones that are surrounded usually by commas or dashes, as is the trend these days in fiction. Guilty. Same. (laughs) These are often something that goes to explain the thought immediately prior or a tangential thought of some kind. These interjections will often be a description When I go to the store, I'm thinking I might go to holiday. I'm going to pick up flour as well. So that interjection is, I'm thinking I might go to holiday. To know if this is an interjection phrase or not, take it out and see if the sentence still makes sense. If it still makes sense, it's an interjection. If you have an interjection, make sure it is connected in some way. It can't be some random thought that has no bearing on the rest of the sentence, because then it's just confusing. And we have mentioned dialogue tags. They are useful, and they are a part of a sentence. If it's a completely different sentence, you have a period at the end of the quote, and then she slapped her forehead, or whatever the action is. Lee and I are both big fans of action tags rather than dialogue, he said, she said, type tags. So we've said a couple of times that you need to learn the rules before you break them. And there is a good way to break nearly every rule we talk about. So don't have incomplete sentences. In our writing, there are so many places where incomplete sentences are necessary. These are some of my favorite ways to include the audience in the moment. This allows your audience to fill in the rest of the sentence when you don't have to. We talked last episode about using commas in place of an omission. Your incomplete sentences work the same way. Your audience is filling in what you're leaving out. If you have dialogue, you're going to have more frequent incomplete sentences because people don't talk incomplete sentences most of the time. But say you have an action scene. You want to do it quick, have shorter sentences, and that means incomplete sentences. That also gives you, the author, permission to have one really long sentence where all of your momentum is just building. Using these incomplete sentences makes room for those really long sentences. So some of the most common incomplete sentences you're going to see have 
just a verb. Go. A command is a representation of how you could use a single verb. That single verb is implying both the subject and the object. You go over there. But we're just doing that single word to have the highest impact and to not spread it out across the page. Especially if your characters are angry in some kind of way and they're just saying, go get out of my face. I don't ever want to see you again. It's simply just go. Or if you're in the middle of a fight scene and you have somebody that you're trying to protect, you command them to go, to run, to get out of harm's way without trying to say, I need you to run away so you don't get hurt because you need to focus on the fight. Yep, single word is a great way to give orders in a fight. Another type of incomplete sentence you're going to see very often, that especially the shorter type incomplete sentences, are answers to a question. Because the question is implying a certain object, you're going to see just a noun and a verb. So if I ask, who is having a cookie for breakfast? I am. You don't need to say, I am having a cookie for breakfast. That's just wordy and unnecessary. Which, during this month, you're welcome to be as wordy and unnecessary as possible. Just clean it up and post. So another way that you can make a sentence incomplete is by taking a complete sentence and adding a conjunction to the beginning. And, but, because... These are going to add extra power to the sentence. It was all a lie. Okay, it's not great. You add but at the beginning. Then there's this internal struggle back and forth, but it was all a lie. Better. The reason these sentences technically become incomplete is because the conjunction is supposed to be connecting it with the clause before it. But if there's no clause before it, then it's just kind of floating there. Not a problem having it in your books. Sometimes you need incomplete sentences. Sometimes you need to start with conjunctions. It adds purpose. It adds weight. That brings us to our homework for you for today. The first step in your homework find 10 prepositional phrases in your work in progress and delete three of them. I also want you to find 10 complete sentences in your work in progress and break them up or delete sections of three of them so you have three incomplete sentences in your work. Yes, this is the only English assignment you have that says make incomplete sentences. We hope that your NaNoWriMo is going well, that you guys are having success. This is kind of where the slump really hits. A lot of people start giving up because they see how far behind they are on their goals. But don't worry, keep trying, keep writing, keep stretching, and of course, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>